Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. guys welcome back for another edition of let it grow investing episode 19 um so monday sell-off we are uh, definitely facing some some big tech sell-off there are some some spots in the market that are uh holding in there but there's a lot of a lot of those growth companies that we're looking at for those big gains are uh, are selling off on some of these possible inflation fears some of the problems with our government not uh, getting the infrastructure bill through and the kind of political football being tossed back and forth between some parties here and uh, people just not wanting to cooperate and agree on what spending is going on and, you know, the, the rise in oil prices. It's, it's all a mess out there right now. Uh, and we're definitely seeing that in the stock market today, uh, Monday the 4th at uh, about 3 p.m. as I record this. Uh, so, you know, what, what am I saying? What am I doing? And, uh, you know, yeah, the, the market's getting beat up pretty bad. Tesla did have a great uh, quarter. They had more vehicles delivered than anticipated. And they are on track for that magical million vehicles a year in production or delivered. Uh, I don't think we're going to hit it this year. We're probably going to be a little bit low. But uh, as you know, Ford and GM, other automakers are having a real tough time getting vehicles out the door, whether they're waiting on one part of, uh, one part of the vehicle or the chips or whatever to come in from wherever they're being shipped from or waiting just on, on chips to be produced. Uh, Tesla's beaten their estimates. So, I mean, that's great to see. Uh, they shot up this morning about, uh, I think they got up to about 807. So they're, they're testing that 800 level again, you know, now with uh, some of the other fears of the market this, this afternoon, you know, they're back down in the 780s, 790s. But overall, uh, a pretty solid day. Great report for them. Uh, and, you know, to be up 1.6% when the NASDAQ is down 2% uh, definitely shows that they had a great quarter. I was really kind of a little bit uncertain as to where they were going to uh, go, what the market was going to do with it, and if they were going to get punished for having a great quarter. Because sometimes it, you know, they have a great quarter and then the sell-off is, is bigger than you would anticipate. Uh, people taking profits at these levels, but I do think that everyone sees it as a uh, great guidance, great forecast as to that they're doing great when others are not, and they're still able to make all these vehicles and deliver them in the quarter when uh, when others aren't. Also, it kind of shows you, you know, maybe Q Q four quarter four or uh, first quarter twenty two. Might be even better. Uh, they've definitely got you know more of the vehicles coming out in the the Model S, Model X, uh, so we can certainly see where that goes and uh, kind of go from there. 
as those uh, models are brought to market also, you know, that's their, their high margin vehicles uh, versus the Model 3 and Model Y are lower margin. And, uh, and just one more thing I wanted to really get on uh, with Tesla is, you know, Tesla sells direct to consumer uh, Ford, you know, or, or Chevy or whoever else. Generally, their, their network consists of independent dealers, whether you go to, you know, uh, dealer A, B, C, they all order the vehicles directly from, from the manufacturer versus Tesla. You know, you order your vehicle, it's delivered to Tesla at their uh, corporate uh, uh, store, storefront, whatever you want to call it, dealership. That's the word I'm looking for. And, you know, then you pick up your car from there. So the margins on a Tesla are going to be higher because they're selling direct to consumer. Uh, and right now they're in the low 20s. But there's a lot of synergies from a lot of the different, uh, the product line that, you know, parts from one vehicle are used in the other. And as they make more and the batteries get cheaper, their margins are going to be higher. Some people project margins of uh, closer to 30% after some of the higher uh, price vehicles come back online and those, those new models come out. And that's certainly going to help the company uh, going forward as well. So, you know, once again, I'm still bullish on Tesla. Uh, it has grown in position size for me. I did actually trim a few shares at, uh, I think it was 807 was my limit. Uh, so those sold. And then, you know, I saw it drop 20 bucks. I think if, if it gets down, if this sell off is a little bit um, stronger, I will, I will buy again. I'll, but I, I still have my core position. It's still my largest position. Uh, I just sold a couple shares to raise some cash for some of these dips. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, other things that I was buying today, I know I bought some Starbucks, uh, some Pepsi, Enphase. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, yeah, Neo, Enphase, Honest Company, Lockheed, Blackstone, PayPal were my buys today. Uh, those were either, uh, actually all of them were limit orders except for Neo. I saw Neo hit 33 and it was time to pull the trigger on that. I added a few shares of that. Um, so that's really what I'm looking at. Some of the other ones that were uh, on my radar from, from last week were Caterpillar, Altria, uh, SoFi, uh, Starbucks last week. Yeah, it was last week. Okay. And, you know, so I'm, I'm adding to these and... I'm really not doing too much selling. The, the only sell side order I had on here uh, from 929 to 104 was these three shares of Tesla. Um, so as I said, that's still a long, uh, long position for me in Tesla. I don't plan on selling anymore. Uh, I've got a nice even number now and I'm going to uh, hold it from there and see where we go. And it was just kind of a little bit of a rebalance for me, uh, you know, even Kathy Wood and uh, Chamath at, uh, I forget where he's at, uh, sold out of, the, he sold out completely on his position. Kathy had trimmed at the ARC funds and she's, you know, she's also been trimming some other things, adding heavily on other names. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of, a lot of deals that are getting to be point where it's a good time to be buying. Uh, so certainly keep your, keep your cash ready. Um, you know, like I said, we, we've still got a lot of, uh, a lot of fear out there. 
but there's certainly things that are going to be coming into play when I look at our watch list as to the uh, the podcast discussion here. Um, you know, there's some big movers. Let's, uh, you know, today as of Monday, Affirm, Sentinel One are down over six and a half percent. I think Affirm was down like five percent last week. Uh, but then, you know, when I searched by um, the the overall uh, down positions, uh, Hippo's down 25%, PaySafe down 22%. And this is just from when I added these to the conversation. Uh, Mercado Libre, Meli, M-E-L-I, down 16%. Adobe is even down 14%. So, the, you know, that's, that's getting into some almost... Uh, five more percent and we're at a correction territory so it's certainly something that uh could be a, a time to to start looking at these to really hone in on what you want to get and where you want to be buying them but uh you know you need to have that cash on hand so whether you're adding cash uh to your brokerage or to your ira or you're selling positions to raise cash uh it certainly makes sense to to get some money off the sidelines if you can if you're in a position to do that. And if I was looking to start, um, you know, a portfolio, this is, this is going to be one of those times where you certainly watch and you see where these are going and you, you'd be ready to pull the trigger because there's going to be some deals coming up with all the fear out there. Um, you know, even, even square and into it. I mean, everything is getting beat up heavy and, uh, you know, PayPal down, uh, 4% today, seven and a half percent since we, first talked about it and i mean even microsoft down six percent so the deals are coming out and uh you know just definitely keep an eye on what you're looking at buying and uh and be ready to pull the trigger uh one more thing about uh the etfs or uh about the dividend growth um etfs i didn't really mention those last time uh i did want to go over some of those so when we uh we're talking about the uh, dividend growth stocks and being aristocrats, kings, champions, contenders. Uh, I know we started touching on some of the the individual names that are in those. Uh, I did want to point out that if you don't want to pick and choose individual names, if you're just starting off, uh, again, one of the great ways to go is with an ETF that has all these names in one fund. Uh, Vanguard has funds. Schwab has funds. And uh, one from Vanguard is the uh, the VIG VIG, and it's a a dividend appreciation ETF. So currently the the dividend yield is one point six five, but this uh, will track those companies that are set out on uh, increasing their uh, their dividends over time. So when we look at uh, the portfolio makeup of VIG VIG. You're going to see that uh, there's names like Microsoft, JP Morgan, Johnson and Johnson, Walmart, United Health, Visa, Home Depot, Procter Gamble, Comcast, Oracle. Um, now, a lot of those names I do own independently. Um, there's a few I don't, and but all of them are are great picks. Most are best in breed. Uh, all stocks. I mean, sure, I don't really don't know too much about Oracle or Comcast. I'd have to take a look at those. But um, certainly names that I would not mind holding for the long run. So these are going to be um, 
as I said, stocks that are going to increase that dividend payment. So when you buy now, you lock in that rate as I own this many shares of these companies at today's price. And as it goes up or as, as time goes out, those payments are generally speaking going to get larger because the company is committed to paying a, a rising dividend. That's, that's part of what makes these, uh, the aristocrats and dividend, uh, dividend Kings, um, have that kind of classification to where they are known to do this. And that's why they are put into funds like this, but there's also, uh, other funds. I think Schwab's is the, uh, SCHD it's, that's a dividend equity. I think that is the one I'm looking for here, but another one is noble N O B L and that tracks the aristocrats and Kings too. Um, so like if we, if we take a look at that one, that's a pro shares, uh, S and P 500 dividend aristocrats ETF. So that specifically tracks the aristocrats. Great way to get into, uh, those rising dividend payers. And it also, you know, we'll, we'll just strictly track those. So 17% of the the names that are in this one, you've got Nucor, Albemarle, uh, a lithium company, West Pharmaceutical, not sure who that is, Pentair, Franklin Resource, Chubb, uh, Insurance, Cisco, Foods, Walgreen Boots, and NextEra Energy. So a lot of these names that are still going to uh, pay you more as you hold them, and there's some good growth names in there too. So, um, Definitely something to take a look at and, uh, you know, build your portfolio around an ETF that tracks more of these names rather than picking and choosing one at a time, especially if you're new to it and uh, you want to get good diversification by having uh, more names than uh, simply just buying one or two stocks at a time. You can diversify this way and have multiple names by buying the ETF. All right, we are back. Uh, it's only about 30 seconds since the uh, the first part of this segment, but now in real time, it's about a day later. It is now Tuesday, the uh, the 5th, about 2 p.m. when I'm recording this. And uh, quite the difference that a day makes on the market. And, you know, if you were upset yesterday, you're happy today, and you, you might have some whiplash over what the market has been doing to your uh, portfolio and the amount of money that you've either made or lost in a given day is uh, quite volatile right now. So, you know, I, most of the money I lost yesterday, I'm back today. Uh, I did make a couple more changes and uh, I sold off a position in Bristol Myers that I've had for a couple years that hadn't really quite produced. I didn't really think the, the money was being allocated in the best way that I probably could have done with it. So I closed that position uh, completely. And we've got all this news going on in uh, the Facebook world with, uh, you know, the, the Facebook uh, kind of shut down or uh, not loading properly. We had the whistleblower come out and say all the different problems that Facebook knows about that they uh, apparently just kind of push under the rug and uh, keep on trucking forward and trying to make more money and more sticky products and uh, I guess ultimately harming the health of uh, the young teens and tweens that they're trying to 
um, get these new products out towards and really develop a, uh, a customer and a, a long lifetime, uh, I guess just more money for them overall and having a lifetime customer in the, uh, in either Facebook or Instagram. So that's kind of has Congress and all stirred up a little bit today as to what they're going to do, if they're going to break it up or what kind of regulation or oversight. Um, you know, we've seen this time and time again, Zuckerberg comes to DC and, um, you know, we'll testify and say, you know, he isn't, sure of what's going on. I'll have to look into it, but they don't do anything maliciously. They're just trying to do their best and, you know, by all means regulate us. Um, so we'll see if anything sticks here or if he's going to have, uh, have some further problems with what's going on in DC right now. But, uh, you know, that being said, uh, what I really wanted to get back into today was, um, Again, you know, you're holding cash, uh, your position sizes in these names that you're, uh, you're building out these positions, whether it's in ETFs or if it's in individual names, uh, you know, in ETFs, maybe your position size isn't so particular, <clears throat> excuse me, particular rather, or, or if it's in, you know, one sector or another, it might be, uh, you know, like. For example, if it's uh, an energy ETF, you know, you might not want to hold, uh, you know, a large chunk of your portfolio in one sector. Or if it's in growth, like the ARK funds, you know, you might want to spread that money out also versus if it's in VOO, uh, a complete S&P 500 ETF or VTI, the, uh, the total index. You could probably take on more of a percentage of your portfolio in those names. But then when we get down to uh, the, the smaller, more uh, specific ETFs, I try to narrow how much money I have in, in any one of those. Uh, sometimes in like the, uh, the smaller cap or emerging markets, uh, those will be places where I will look for an ETF because I don't know those companies as well. And sometimes the, the research is a little bit harder to do on uh, emerging market fund or uh, companies or even the, the, like the really small companies that don't have as much uh, of that information out there on the internet. You really got to do a deep dive uh, into the investor relations and do things like that right on the, uh, um, the company's website. And sometimes... If they're a newer company, you don't have much information to go off of. If they don't uh, post multiple years, say it's a, a new company, a new IPO, um, you know, sometimes you, you really don't have much to go off of as at all. So sometimes the, an ETF that holds that stock might lower your risk on, uh, on some of those names. Uh, but generally speaking, when you're in the individual names, um, you know, we were talking to a buddy and me, we're talking about Caterpillar and, uh, you know, he owns some cat equipment as well. And he is a big cat fan. And, you know, as, as he rode up to Canada recently, um, what's up, Brad? Um, he was saying that all along, uh, 95 and into Canada, he saw Caterpillar equipment on the side of the road, you know, doing road work, doing bridge work, and, uh, you know, him and I both have cat equipment, as I've said before. And part of the thing with cat is you can always tend to always get parts 
or service. They have field technicians. They have, uh, you know, many different things that support the customer versus some of the other companies. Uh, you know, you have to get either get it to the dealership or part availability is often a problem. Uh, so, you know, you do pay a little bit more for the cat name or the deer name, uh, but they generally have a little bit more of a uh, service um, staff that is going to be able to get you back up and running. They do things like rebuild them and they have loaners uh, versus some of these smaller brands um, that I've, uh, I won't go and, and name out the ones that I've had problems with before, but they're certainly out there. And, uh, you know, if you go on any kind of uh, contractor forum or um, things like that, you can certainly find people that have problems with any of them. But uh, I think as far as downtime is concerned for uh, a business like myself, you know, you, you want to know that it's getting handled as fast as possible. So, you know, for that reason, he was buying Caterpillar stock and uh, it got to the point where on this dip, you know, I was telling me, hey, we're, we're down over 20% on cat stock. Uh, you know, it's something that I'm certainly looking to buy and add to my position. And he was looking to build a position. So now, you know, what's that number where you, where you want to stop building that position? And for me, uh, it's generally about 5% of your portfolio. I don't try to go much higher than that. Uh, I think 20 different stocks is a good amount if you were going to uh, use individual names. And then, you know, 5% being that, that kind of weight that I'd like to hold in any one name. Uh, so, you know, when we talk about positions and the sizing of them, you know, make sure you're not going way too heavy without knowing the risks. Um, you know, Cat does have some some downside with the the uh, Evergrande and real estate problems and cyclical problems of mining and home building and uh, you know roads and should the infrastructure infrastructure bill not get passed, uh, we could see a, a further decline here. Even though I do think uh, you know that it's still a premium brand. And uh, it does pull that multiple normally, the, the PE multiple over some others. Um, it is in a, a cyclical type industry where, you know, sometimes that, that could also be a risk to the stock as well as uh, foreign government slowdowns and uh, real estate development problems abroad can also weigh that down. So know what you have, know what the risks are. And, you know, I say try to diversify by doing uh, no more than like 5% in a specific name. And if you really know your, your stocks, I could, I could say, you know, if you really want to have uh, 10 positions and go 10%, that, uh, that's up to you. I mean, I, I think that's, for me, a little bit more risky just because you only have 10 names in a portfolio. And, uh, you know, if you have... Uh, one go down, it can certainly pull the whole whole portfolio whole portfolio down rather heavy, just based on that one name dropping. Uh, you know, for this example, being Caterpillar, say you had a hundred thousand dollars spread over ten names, so you had ten thousand in in Caterpillar, and it dropped down to seventy, you know, seventy three hundred ish with you know the the current decline in Caterpillar. Uh, you know, that's a big chunk, so. 
certainly take into account um, your position size. And, and then again, I wanted to stress the importance of dollar cost averaging. And, you know, especially with these downturns, if you would have bought, you know, all of your money, say the, the last week of September, and you had no further money to buy on some of these downturns that we're experiencing right now, um, you know, it, it's still, like I said before, it's painful to watch these prices go down and not be able to buy. Um, you know, at least if you have a, a couple down days and you can, can scoop up some deals, that's certainly a nice spot to be. But, uh, you know, just make sure you have that cash. And if you're buying a little bit weekly or a set amount monthly or quarterly, uh, try to break that money up to where, you know, you, you have a little bit more for these downturns. Uh, that way you can buy them when they drop, you know, get some of your favorite names on a discount like we've talked about. And uh, really, really have those names picked out ahead of time. And for me, it certainly helps to set a limit order as to, hey, you know, I want to buy, uh, you know, cat at 190. Or if I'm buying cat and I want to add to it again, you know, set it another 5, 10% lower, uh, say one, 175, 180. And, you know, that's where I'll buy more is at the next leg lower. Or if you like looking at charts, you can certainly look for the next price point lower. Um, all different strategies to build that position safely and kind of create the uh, the diversity of your stocks by, by buying different ones in different sectors. Uh, you know, if we've got consumer staples or technology, uh, all different things or energy, all different names that you want to build, try to do so uh, with a little bit of cash on these dips. And like I said before on last episode, the uh, some of these these stocks are really, or actually it was earlier in this episode. It just feels like it was a couple of days ago when I recorded it. Uh, some of these prices are really getting to that point where, you know, we've got fifteen percent pullbacks in, uh, I think like CrowdStrike, Qualcomm, a lot of big dips in these names that you know are are solid names in good industries. Uh, and, you know, nothing really has structurally changed with these companies to pull them down. It's just the, the multiples in the market and some of the growth stocks are being punished right now. Uh, so, you know, just take a look at those different deals and uh, try to identify where you want to buy them and what you're going to do if it goes down 10%. Is that your threshold for pain? Are you going to sell out of these names or if it goes down 10%, are you going to be buying more? And uh, ultimately... You know, if say you were trying to build a $10,000 position, how are you going to do so? Uh, you know, a good way to do it would be to look at uh, either monthly or, or quarterly adding either, you know, say you wanted $1,000 a month or $2,500 a quarter. Uh, that would kind of spread your money out and get you that, that average cost price. So you know that you're not buying today and then you lose it all in a week. Uh, but then, you know, you know, next month you buy a little bit more and a little bit more. So take all those things into consideration when you're building out that position and uh, certainly try to spread that money out and look for the deals and be ready for them when, uh, when they do happen, have the limits set. And that way you don't have to even look at it. You don't have to sit at your computer screen all day 
um, you know, have a price, stick with it, stick with your plan. Uh, you know, and that's that really goes well for your long positions, names that you want to buy and hold for a few years. Um, trading is a little bit different to where, you know, you you can kind of get caught more into watching your computer screen. You can still set your limits. Um, but if you're day trading or swing trading, it, it does take a little bit more time uh, out of your day in order to do the research and look at the price uh, fluctuation, things like that. But um, yeah, overall, stick with your plan, and uh, there's definitely some good deals that are going to be coming out here pretty soon. So when we're talking about uh, cash and how much cash to have, um, either on the sidelines or uh, ready to go for any type of emergency or your uh, general living expenses, uh, generally the, the rule of thumb is about six months, uh, 12 months if you've got... Uh, any kind of big purchases coming up, you know, you're, you're looking to maybe uh, purchase a house within the year or you're saving for a car or down payment on something. Um, but it's generally six to 12 months. And I wanted to get into why you don't want to have cash sitting, not doing anything for you. And uh, more or less kind of kind of get people out of saving cash. It's uh, it's pretty, it's really, it's a bad way to, to save your money. Um, you know, as we've seen over the last year, inflation has been kind of ripping everything to shreds as far as how much people make. And when you go to the grocery store, your dollar doesn't go as far, or when you're buying a house, um, you know, the, the money that we had three years ago, uh, isn't what it is now. So when you're saving cash, uh, you know, like I said, six to 12 months is all really all that you want. Anything past that, you need to find some type of investment vehicle to have your cash uh, be little soldiers for you. I, I tend to think of it. You want your money to make you money and have it work as hard as you do. Um, you know, when you when you tuck away money right now, say for an event in the future, uh, whether it be your retirement or purchasing, uh, 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 you know, a beach house that you want in 10 years, you know, you're you're losing money every day that you're holding it in cash, especially with inflation running high right now in the in that five six percent range or more, depending on what uh, what you're looking at. Um, you know, that money that we're saving today is going to not be worth the same that it's going to be in 10 years. So. If we save, you know, $10,000 today, what will that actually buy you in, in 10, 15, 20 years? And that, that answer is always not as much as what it's worth today. Um, so, you know, even, even like when people were talking about a housing bubble a few years back and people and millennials didn't want to buy houses and that uh, people were moving back in with their parents and moving back home to save a little bit more money for uh, hopefully for the housing market to correct. Now, looking looking back on that, that was probably not the right move other than saving money by living at home. You know, there is certainly that to it. And, uh, you know, if you are saving anything, I mean, that's great. You know, that's certainly better than, than spending it on, on uh, you know, frivolous spending that you don't need to spend. But uh, when we look back and we're looking in hindsight, you know, we can certainly say that 
if we would have bought a property 10 years ago versus waiting for that price to come down, uh, you know, we, it would have been a better play as far as an investment from the standpoint that that money would have uh, appreciated for you. So that I, I always look for appreciable assets to even outpace or keep up your money with inflation. Uh, because if you just hold cash, you're going to lose that money towards inflation and cost of living and everything else that, that goes up on a, on a yearly basis. So when you hold cash, uh, the, just the, the future value of it is going to be less than what it is today. And I know some people are scared of being in the market because it's volatile or, you know, you don't really understand it, this, that, or the other. But when you uh, can put your money into things that uh, aren't as volatile in the market, sure, you'll get the swings. But overall, on a long-term trend, the S&P is going to return about 10% where your money sitting in cash is going to lose 2 3 4 5% based upon inflation on a yearly basis. So... You know, we really need that cash to outpace our uh, inflation here in the States or abroad, wherever you're living. You need your, your cash to outpace those, uh, those downward pressures on, on the value of your money. So parking your, your cash into uh, even bonds that aren't going to pay as much as what the stock market will is a better place for your, your money to to grow, although marginally less than what the stock market generally returns. But if you want to take on some more of that risk, um, you can certainly go into a uh, a less risky stock market fund or ETF, uh, you know, such as VOO or VIG and some of those um, dividend uh, aristocrat type ETF funds that are going to pay you more money over uh, each year that passes due to the, those uh, increasing dividends that we were talking about earlier. So when you park your money there, you're going to have your money grow with the, uh, with the economy and with the, the, uh, the inflation that we're definitely currently seeing. But, you know, inflation's always been there. If you look at what a, a house would have costed us 50 years ago, um, you know, it's always going to be less as far as the housing market or what milk cost 40 years ago. Those prices are always going to go up as every cost is going to go up pretty much uh, over the, over time. You know, there, there are costs that tend to go up less, but overall that, that number is about 2%, like I said. So when you are thinking about what to do with your money, you can certainly put it in that stock market and you know there are ways to hedge against the stock market say you want some in stocks but you want some in gold or silver or uh, you know if you have enough money parked you could certainly buy land or uh, a property or if you're you know not into that type of thing you can also hedge your your money against your stock market in uh, crypto which is, you know, something that I'm doing. So um, I put a lot of, or about 10% of my portfolio value into crypto to basically hedge against my, uh, my stock market position as well as my cash. So that money will hopefully grow and hopefully is a, a good holder of value. Uh, I think time will tell right now 
crypto has been doing really well. I certainly see more upside and uh, it actually has over the past couple of days done well compared to the uh, the stock market. Crypto has actually been less volatile, truthfully, in, in the last week or so. Uh, ever since the the SEC came out and said that they are not looking to ban uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any crypto in the U.S. right now, it seems like the market has stabilized. I'm not saying crypto is by any stretch stable, but for right now, it is behaving uh, more stable with that news versus uh, you know the week prior, crypto was banned in China again for the 27th time in seven years and it did have a little bit more downward pressure so but when you can kind of balance it and one will uh, rise and one will uh, fall um, it definitely does help your your value and you know kind of even out some of those high and, and low swings that we have on on both sides of the scales so definitely take that into consideration cash is just not a place where you want to park money for long terms and, uh, you know, the stock market or gold, silver, housing. Um, and for me, I mean, I'm, I'm playing the crypto market. I know it's not for everyone. Uh, some people certainly think it's uh, a scam or a fraud or, you know, just not where they want to be. Uh, for me, it is working. And uh, like I've said before, I have the, the different links in the description as to where I'm trading and how I'm trading and uh, where I can stake some of my coins in order to earn that interest on the coins that I do purchase. Uh, and that interest alone is or, uh, outpacing inflation. Uh, you know, so at least I'm getting that interest and then I can go and spend that interest from those coins on that crypto.com card that I've talked about a few times uh, before. So definitely take a look at your other options. I just kind of want this to be an eye opener as to what's out there and to know that there's there's more things to do than, than tucking your money under a mattress and hoping and praying that it's there and it's safe and uh, you know that it's going to be worth something in the future. So hopefully that helps you. I, I hope that it uh, affects someone into getting started. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, I got the links in the description for E-Trade and for Webull. Uh, Webull is still doing the um, free shares. Uh, when you put in $100, you get uh, a chance to, or you, you're guaranteed a few shares of stock when you uh, do that. So check out those links. And, um, you know, if you got any questions, feel free to reach out to the, uh, the Facebook group. Uh, it's Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Search on there and, uh, you know, if you guys want to uh, support the channel, uh, feel free to click the link on the anchor.fm slash let it grow and uh, appreciate you guys checking in and that's what I got for you today. So hopefully this week treats us a little bit better than last week and hopefully by the uh, maybe second week of uh, October, we can kind of move forward and see some positive movement in the market and the uh, the government can uh, get all their ducks in a row and move forward with some of these uh, these bills and these packages that they're looking to pass. But uh, take care and I will catch you guys in the next one. As always, thanks for stopping by. 
please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.